0: Alright, let's get started. Uh, Welcome back to our Systematic Theology study. We are on number 23. Uh, Last week we looked at the covenants, and this week is kind of exciting. We're beginning kind of a a series uh, of sessions specifically on Christ. So very important, and we're going to look at tonight exactly why Christology is so important for Christians. Um, We are looking at the Christ of the Bible this time, and next time we'll look at the Christ of the creeds. Um, I forgot my glasses. Hopefully I can read okay. But we're going to read an article here that kind of introduces us uh, to this topic that I think is helpful. Then we'll kind of follow our format and uh, watch our video after that, come back and go through our overview and discussion, and then look at our uh, confession, see what our confession has to, to say on the matter, and hopefully we'll have a good discussion there as well. And we'll do a you know a few uh, Bible references throughout here. All right. So as introduction, let me read this: "Who do you say that I am?" This is the question Jesus asked the disciples before beginning the final part of his earthly ministry. Peter's response to his question is well known: "You are the Christ." Peter recognized that Jesus was the long-awaited Messiah, the Christ promised throughout the Old Testament. Of course, Peter was not yet able to reconcile in his own mind how the promised Messiah could also suffer and die. He had yet to realize that the exalted figure of Daniel 7 was the same as the suffering figure of Isaiah 53. This truth would become fully clear to him only after the resurrection and ascension of Christ. One thing that the disciples did recognize very quickly was that Jesus was no ordinary man. They saw him do things and say things that indicated he was fully and truly human. He hungered and thirsted. He grew weary and slept. He suffered and died. But they also saw him doing things that only God could do. They heard him saying things that only God could say. With Thomas, they were brought to confess that Jesus is Lord and Jesus is God. Reference John twenty twenty eight. For the first disciples <clears throat> who were Jews steeped in the Old Testament, this would raise important questions. Every Jew had been taught from childhood the fundamental confession of faith. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. Here is, excuse me, there is only one God, yet this Jesus was doing and saying things that only God can do or say, and he was doing and saying things that are only appropriate of human beings. How do we reconcile this? The Pharisees reconciled it by concluding that Jesus was a blaspheming liar, and they condemned him. His followers on the other hand reconciled it by concluding that he he was who he said he was the word who was with God and who was God John 1:1 1, 1. the word who became flesh and dwelt among us John 1:14 It was not long after <clears throat> not long however before teachers arose who reconciled the various facts in ways that either distorted or destroyed the truth before the New Testament was even completed for example There were those who were denying that Christ came in the flesh. 1 John 4.3 How important is Christology? Well, John refers to this particular Christological error as, quote-unquote, the spirit of the Antichrist. Things cannot get much more serious than that. In the centuries after the completion of the New Testament, many would attempt to explain how we can confess that God is one and also confess that Jesus is God. Many would attempt to explain how this one we confess to be God could suffer and die given the fact that God cannot suffer and die. Many would attempt to explain how this one could exhibit characteristics of both God and man. The struggle to find the biblical answer to these questions and others is the history of the Trinitarian and Christological debates. One's answers to these questions determine whether one is worshiping the triune God revealed in Scripture or an idol of one's own imagination. One's answers determine whether one is a follower of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, or a follower of one of the multitude of false Christs. Over the coming months, we will examine the historical struggle to state the biblical doctrine of Christ. We will look closely at those creedal statements that have been regarded as authoritative expressions of what Scripture teaches. We will also look closely at the erroneous views that have been rejected as unbiblical. Our goal is to answer clearly the most important question any human being will ever face. Who do you say that Jesus is? So hopefully, uh, it's a good introduction and helps us understand why this is so important. This is no small matter. Who is Jesus? And what do we believe scripture teaches? Alright, so let's, uh, we'll pause, watch our video, and then we'll come back through our, our overview, questions, and confession. Alright, hopefully you guys are excited about getting into these next few sessions looking specifically at Christ himself. Um, I find it to be a a very, very exciting time to get into these sessions here. Um, Let's look at our overview, and then we'll begin our discussion. So we looked at today the Christ of the Bible. The foundation for Christian theology is Christology, the doctrine of the person and work of Christ. Here we look at the complexities and greatness of Christ proclaimed from Genesis to Revelation. Christology is one of the most intimidating sections of theology. Because Jesus is at the very center of our faith, we must be most careful. Summarizing God is difficult. The problem is compounded with Jesus, who is richly presented to us in all his splendor throughout Scripture. In Revelation 5, we find some of the most significant passages revealing the glory of Christ. Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? No one was found who could do this until Jesus stepped forward. This section is skillfully written to produce a sense of expectation. However, in the end, John sees a bloody lamb. The profound contrast reveals both great humiliation and great exaltation, Of Christ's life. What has God revealed to us in the Gospels concerning Jesus? He gave us four Gospels to give us different perspectives on Jesus's person and ministry, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Through these multiple witnesses we also see the various responses of people to the person of Christ. Christ's contemporaries testified to the vastness of his character. In the Gospels, Jesus also attested to his own person and origin. The quote-unquote I am, ego emi, statements of Christ are particularly revealing of his nature. Jesus was more than a perfect man. He was Emmanuel, that is God with us. The Council of Chalcedon said Jesus was truly God and truly man. Deum verum et hominem verum. This was so carefully defined because both his natures and so boldly presented. How do the apostles preach Christ to us? Paul shows that Jesus is our mediator, accomplishing our redemption. The book of Hebrews gives us one of the highest and most beautiful teachings on the person of Christ. How does the Old Testament teach us about Jesus Christ? His person and work are typologically represented in the tabernacle. The prophets are filled with references to the coming Messiah. Christ is preached on virtually every page of the Old Testament. So let's look at our uh, questions. Uh, We've done our overview. Um, This is helpful so we take away, uh, don't forget to take away some important um, facts from it. What field of study concerns the doctrine of Christ? That would be Christology. Where do we learn of Christ? The Bible. And the reason why I say that, uh, the identity of Christ is found in Scripture. Of course, we can find details in in extra-biblical sources, but to truly know and understand Christ, we go to the Bible. What imagery does Revelation 5 use to depict Christ's exaltation? As a sacrificial lamb. At the center of the heavenly throne room is the Lamb of God. Is Christ found only in the New Testament? No, No. all of Scripture points to Christ. What are the two natures of Christ? His humanity and deity. Both natures were necessary to accomplish the work of redemption as the only mediator between God and man. Who was Jesus Christ? The Son of God. And let's look at those passages... um, that Dr. Sproul mentioned, so I'm going to read just real quick. John 8:58. Jesus said to them, "Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham, I am." Okay, now let's compare that to Exodus 3:14. God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. So do we see how Jesus is is declaring himself God here? Sorry about that. All right. Okay, let's look at our uh, discussion questions. Why is Christology difficult or intimidating to teach?
1: Uh, We can see from just... Church history and the, and the the early councils, the arguments over who Christ was, and it was at the center of of the main discussions when the bishops were pulled together from the known world at that time. So we have that. That's uh, it's intimidating. Explain God, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah, you know it's it's uh, it's you know I always find it uh, refreshing. You you reading the first chapter of John and then going back and reading the first three chapters of Genesis hmm. and nothing was made without him. So right. we have him from the very beginning. Hmm. He was there, right. he was the word and then the word made flesh to come in and, and sacrifice, uh, be a sacrifice for our sins. And, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a heavy subject. You can't just uh, uh, boil it down to summary statements or, you know, a miracle here and a miracle there. It's He is God.
0: Right. So you've got the complexity of God, and then you've got also the intimidation of, you know, with something so core, so central to our faith to To make an error or a mistake could really mess things up. Oh yeah, big time. So, and yeah, you're right. There was a whole lot of debate, uh, and it, it, in some ways, there still is today. Mm-hmm. So,
1: well, you see, you have that, you know, even with um, within different denominations, uh, the the teaching of modalism, and mm-hmm. um, you know, you can't you can't get there with the Bible. Right. It's I'm sorry, but it, it's. You're, you're, you're ignoring large swaths of Scripture to arrive at that position. And uh, you really have to be a, a student of God's Word, for sure.
0: Definitely. Uh, let's see. What images of Christ in the Bible passages concerning Jesus do you have difficulty accepting? It's an interesting question.
1: I don't know. It'd be accepting, but understanding, just mm-hmm. the depth of of who he was, the ministry, the you know the, those those statements at just the right time. You know, he came and, and intersected history, and to 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 come and be a propitiation for us. It's 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 hard to wrap your head around. You know,
0: right? Yeah, and, and a lot of people. Uh... Today struggle with the concept of the Trinity right mm-hmm. so, um, and then obviously back in, in his time, they really struggled with the idea that this was the fulfillment this was the messiah mm-hmm. it's, it's, they had built up in their own minds who the Messiah was going to be right, right and what it was going to look like, and it wasn't what they were expecting
1: when I said they, they was you know very earthly minded and more concerned with um, earthly things than what right. what God's concern was, was reconciling sinners unto himself.
0: Right. They were focused on earthly kingdom and Christ was focused on the spiritual kingdom. Right. Okay, what do we know about Jesus from the Old Testament? <laughs> <laughs> Any salt there, Misty?
1: Well, I was just gonna say two things that come to mind. Are one, just the trust and detail. Because I mean, even if you look at the tabernacle and the just the ark of the covenant, and you know, even Abraham going to the trust that it took to bring Isaac <clears throat> up there, and just the detail and trust that went into a lot of the New Testament. All right.
0: Well, I mean, I think of things like we know what his lineage was going to be. Old mm-hmm. Testament tells us that, yeah. And then, thankfully, the Gospels is traced for us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we know. And it was so funny you were talking about, um, you know, Isaiah fifty-three. It's like they wanted to ignore that or something. We knew there had to be this grace suffering, and and yet they pretended that. That wasn't going to
1: happen. Didn't want it to happen. Well, so I find it interesting. You start reading on, on, on that in depth with um, with Judaism. It's as if they've removed fifty three. Yeah, from exactly. the book exactly. You know, they don't discuss it at all, or it's <laughs> not there. I mean, it's not part of their, you know, their Talmud or whatever. I don't know what you would call it, but um, it's not. They they're still looking for an earthly king. Mm-hmm. And uh, what a pity. Right, they want him to come as
0: the conquering king. Yeah. But not as the conquering earthly king. king, Yeah. Mm Right, but not as the second servant. Mm -hmm. All right. Does the presupposition that the Bible is all about Jesus change the way you read the Bible? It should. (laughs) It should. It should. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, do we. Do we try to be intentional when we read our Bibles and read just a chapter or even a few passages? Do we look for Christ in it? We should, right? Yeah,
1: we should. A lot of the allegories with the lives of people in the Old Testament, uh, Joseph, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, You find it with David, you know, Mm -hmm. and... Um, Moses pointing to him before Moses passes. You know, it, it's um, he's 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 through it all.
0: I yeah, think. we even remember in our study, even on Esther, we talked about Esther yep. being a, a type, it's a
1: type in a shadow. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, let's look now at our confession. We're going to look at uh, chapter 8 in our confession. I forgot my normal one, but I've got it back here in the back of the hymnal. So chapter 8 is on of Christ the Mediator. And obviously we're going to be looking at chapter 8 quite a bit over the next four or five sessions since we're looking at Christ specifically. So I'm not going to read the whole chapter this time. But I at least wanted to read paragraph 1 and there might be one other paragraph and we'll see here all right paragraph one it pleased god in his eternal purpose to choose and ordain the lord jesus his only begotten son according to the covenant made between them both to be the mediator between god and man the prophet priest and king head and savior of his church the heir of all things and judge of the world, unto whom he did from all eternity give a people to be his seed and to be by him in time redeemed, called, justified, sanctified, and glorified. Um, you know what, let's write this down, but since we're talking about it, we see prophet, priest, and king our confession. Um, John, do you mind looking up Hebrews 1?
1: Yeah, yeah, no problem.
0: We'll just read the first part of Hebrews 1, kind of that first section.
1: Okay. It said, God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers and the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days he has spoken to us in his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become as much better than angels as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son. Today I have begotten you and again I will be a father to him and he shall be a son to me and when he again brings the firstborn into the world he says and let all the angels of god worship him and of the angels he says who makes his angel, uh who makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire
0: that's probably good but do you see in that first section how we see all three offices of Christ there mm-hmm. prophet priest and king um, i don't know i just i love that passage <laughs> Uh, And let's see, let's also look at, uh, I believe it was chapter, I mean, paragraph four. So this is chapter eight, paragraph four. This office the Lord Jesus did most willingly undertake, which that he might discharge. He was made under the law and did perfectly fulfill it and underwent the punishment due to us, which we should have borne and suffered. Being made sin and a curse for us, enduring most grievous sorrows in his soul, and most painful sufferings in his body, was crucified and died, and remained in the state of the dead, yet saw no corruption. On the third day he rose from the dead with the same body in which he suffered, with which he also ascended into heaven, and there sitteth at the right hand of his Father, making intercession, and shall return to judge men and angels at the end of the world. So there we also can see uh, his offices, and um, kind of a quick summary of the gospel right there as well. Um, so to me, it's exciting stuff to, to kind of get into the study um, of the nature of Christ. So what do you guys think? Um, are you excited about what we're getting into here, the... Uh, Yes comments on what we looked at very much uh
1: needed yeah. subject to discuss um, and I think we even if we've got it somewhat settled in our mind um I think this is something we need to re- to go over often yes because we can get in our own minds uh I guess self-assured and uh, cut ourselves off from learning, and uh, that's that's never a good thing. I, I don't think there's gonna never. I don't think there's a, a Christian that has been alive since the institution of the church that mastered the scriptures. So no. it should be uh, to know Him more. is It should be our cry every day.
0: Who has known the mind of God who has been a counselor, right? Mm-hmm. And we cannot completely comprehend, but he has revealed to us what we need to know. Yep. And yes, we ought to remind ourselves often. And sometimes it's not just a matter of getting out of studying. Sometimes we get so down one rabbit hole oh, in yeah. studying one particular topic or area that we forget. We have to take a step back and kind of remind ourselves of the big picture and mm-hmm. the, the overall uh, gospel of Christ. This is true. All right, any other comments, questions? All right. So I don't know how in the Psalms, David, the Lord, when hears the Lord, says to my Lord that mm-hmm. yeah, James was present in the Psalms. Yeah, it still uh, amazes me the. The ones that try to say, "Well, Jesus was just a prophet or just a really good moral teacher," how can you get that if you've read your Bible?
1: That's the that's you could cherry pick
0: and get that, but that's how can the you read is, the whole right, Bible and get that? that? That's the problem is that they they have
1: it, and you know, it, it, Paul tells. I think it's in Timothy where he, he says, "Don't don't get yourself caught up caught up in clever arguments and stuff like that." Uh, that's all they have. Right. And it's not something, knowledge that they've gained for themselves. It's probably somebody they've watched on YouTube for 45 minutes and <laughs> right. said, well, this sounds good. You know, if you have, if you don't, um, you can't claim knowledge. without having have spent time in the book. Right. And, and, uh, most, more, more often than not, um, you, you get in those type of situations. It's, it's, it's quite easy to, to defend you know, but we gotta be careful because you know we need to not be all cagey you know <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you know and, and you know Christ says you're either for me or against me right mm-hmm. and you read your bible and you can only come to two conclusions if you're honest about it and read the whole thing Yeah, he either is who he said he was or he's a big fat liar mm-hmm. there, there's really no other option yeah <laughs> So, you know, draw draw the line in the sand and make your choice. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: That's the, the the pain of it, and you know, as hard as we may try with with unbelievers or even you know even dealing with our, our family members or our friends, we can't open eyes. Correct. We right. can't make dead men alive. He can. Right. Yeah. You know? So it's. Being mindful enough to speak the truth in love, not get anger, mm-hmm. angry, and and pray.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Witness was the word, and watch the bones rattle. Right, that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, well, good stuff, uh, John. Would you mind closing us in prayer? Yes.
1: Lord, thank you for the privilege of this time to come together to study. Of who you are, the work you've accomplished, the work you're continuing to accomplish in each and every one of us. Um, Lord, uh, be with us, the, the, the subjects discussed tonight are of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, let it, uh, be on our minds and our hearts as we go through this, into this week. Uh, let it strengthen us and, and, uh, assure us and, uh, Thank you for uh, your word so uh, clearly laid out to us and for the gift of, of teachers throughout history uh, like our brother Sproul that takes the time to, to walk us through these, these complex subjects and, and make it uh, digestible and knowable for the layperson. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen.